This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success Series. Our primetime mastermind takes a great look and an important look at mental health. My guest is a grime artist and director, Jesus R. You may know his work with Sean P. Diddy Cone, Russell Simmons, Wycliffe John, as well as brands like FUBU, Sean Jobs, C-Rock, DeLeon, or his work with BET and Bravo. His work also includes creating an official fragrance for the royal wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. Two U.S. presidents have endorsed his work, as well as now the United Nations with his new movie, Suicide Saint. The U.N. has selected this upcoming film as the sole movie they're endorsing for the International 40-Day Safer Cities Initiative, with Suicide Saint being Day 20, which falls on October 10th, World Mental Health Day, this year in 2020. Go to his website, com. About a million people commit suicide worldwide, and we want to help change the narrative so people get the help that they need. This interview with Jesus and I are coming at you right now. How are you doing this evening? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'd like to thank you uh, for coming aboard. We would love to hear who you are, what you do, and what inspires you in your work. Uh, sure. Um, I'm a filmmaker. I've had experience in the last two decades as a uh, producer and creative director as well, as a lot of my work is split between production and advertising. And I'm, I'm inspired by creating content with a, a social impact and, and, and about using the, the, the power of the narrative of, of film and communication to change people's lives for the better. You didn't have a lot of um, education in telecommunications. You didn't go to a monster university and, and, or and you weren't born with a silver spoon. Tell us about your beginnings. I, I heard that you had an incident where that incident seriously changed your life and the direction of your life. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm self-taught, self-made. Um, a lot of people that I know in the industry who have um, gone to some form of school have, have gotten out in kind of major ways, ups in the ranks of different corporations or media companies from internships or starting from PAs. Um, but I had a, a much different path um, because I didn't see a career and, and as a director, as a filmmaker, or in entertainment. Um, when I was younger, I was really caught up in, in the streets. And at a, a certain point, um, you know, I, I think because of the way that I, I came about um, developing a career, I think it's informed everything that I've done since to, to have to um, incorporate um, you know, of a, a, a very high level of of passion and purpose. Um, you know, I don't just make content for for money or to to, to you know. One of the things that um, that I preach in, in the arts is art art over algorithms. So I don't, I don't do stuff to you know 
mitigate the risk and of the, of the investment or, you know, with, for what the profit margin is or for who's attached. For me, it's all about the art. What's, what's the message? Regardless, if we think there's a commercial value for that ahead of time, you know, which is, you know, for my current film, Suicide Saint, when I started writing this last year, um, I had this project and I had another project that I was very fortunate um, to land. Um, the other project having a much more higher commercial value, um, but which I had scheduled for later, and a lot of people were like, well, why don't you do that first? You know, you're going to make way more money with that. But for me, I was already developing Suicide Saint, and I had a purpose for creating that content. Um, and I feel recently, with everything that's going on in the last few months, has the subject matter become more relevant, and now there's actually some, you know, profitability or economic value to to the art of it. Um, so now, you know, my phone is hanging off the hook as before, as opposed to before. People they weren't really checking for it, right? People don't want to uh, address bad things um, that don't concern them um, when they don't realize that mental health affects everyone. You know, in, in the U.S., 46% of adults are dealing with mental illness at some point in their life. Um, but, yeah, so, so specifically, I know you were asking about uh, my, my rough beginnings. Yeah, when I was younger, I was, I was shot up a bunch of times. Um, and I wouldn't say that in terms. That has to be traumatic. That has to, you know, I, I, I can only speak from experience. I, I've never been in that situation. I grew up in hospitals, um, children's hospital wards in different places. And the trauma of seeing life and death in front of you. Um, yeah. It, I know it, 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 it woke me up. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, I've seen a lot of death at a young age. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, one of the questions and, and the transitions that I was making in my life, many, many phases and forms of transition, but one of the questions that, that always plagued me was this idea of, um, what, you know, self, the self question was if I, was if I was a product of my environment. Because there's so many people who grew up similar circumstances that ended up dead or in jail. And then there's, um, you know, very few people who grew up in those circumstances but are able to achieve some form of success or able to get out of that. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I questioned why I was different or why I was able to kind of break that, that mold. And what I realized was um, that I am a product of my environment because, you know, for good or bad, all, all the things that I went through um, – give me a competitive advantage or an edge in the world I'm in now. Um, you know, being resourceful, being persistent, you know, having survival skills, um, you know, a lot of different things that, that, that come from um, adversity. But I'm also um, not a product of my environment in the way that I wasn't limited to the circumstances that a lot of people are because, you know, no one – um, says that you can't change your environment, and, and that was a, that was the big key right there was the change of environment, and it doesn't have to be physical or geographical. Sometimes the change of environment is is your mindset, is your peers, is is your influences. Um, so as I you know started to get out of the street mentality, and, and by way of trying to help other people from my neighborhood, I found a talent within my myself that I didn't realize I had. Um, and that I was very proficient at 
film production and marketing and all these other things. And um, as, as a uh, prodigy of cinema, it, it just became, became very natural to me. And without school education or anything else, I was able to climb, um, the, you know, the, the success ladder very fast. Awesome. Your um, mentors, a piece of environment, um, changing your mindset is important, but also environment is important, and you have been blessed to work with <laughs> really powerful people. Well, uh, it's, it's very unfortunate that I don't have any um, mentors, and I think, you know, that's a gift in a person itself, because had, had I had some mentors early on, I would have got a lot further, um, uh, a lot sooner. Um, mm-hmm. But because I didn't have um, any mentors and I had to really do everything on my own from outside um, the system, if you will, uh, it took me a lot longer, but I became a, more of a master of my craft. Um, and, and because there were no shortcuts, so I had to learn everything the hard way. Um, you know, even compared to what I was saying earlier, some people, you know, start as an intern and then they, they rise up. You know, by, by the time I went to work for, for Puff, it wasn't at any entry level position. I was I was called to be the executive producer over there. Um, wow. That's because I I had already made it um, on my own, you know, independently, and I was running a successful business, and I had a lot of work under my belt that people were talking about. So I created you know my own value, um, and then I got the call to go to go work for his organization, which which I actually turned down. Uh, the first two times because I was, you know, quite comfortable where I was at, but um, it, it intrigued me more more to dive deeper into advertising. And I did have a lot of um, fun over there for a few years doing all the rock campaigns and showing John and Deli down. But ultimately, I felt like it wasn't really um, utilizing all of my talent and, and making the impact in the world for which um, I feel I was destined. Um, which I which I don't regret by any means because that has its own clout and cachet, right? When you work with somebody as big as Puffy who has an eight hundred million dollar empire, um, and, and you're and you're bringing value to there, even if you come in a system that's already, um, you know, a worldwide iconic brand, and you're still helping to elevate that. Um, right. It, it, it gives you more recognition amongst your peers. So it was definitely a great experience. Um, have a lot of respect for Buffy. We're actually um, partnering now with a foundation, the Sam Cohen Foundation for the Suicide Think Film, because we're going to be uh, uh, providing a, um, some film education and access to the set of the film for students at um, Capital Prep uh, Harlem, the, the school that he's actually in Harlem. So, mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a... He's a has tremendous uh, business acumen. Awesome. In your walk of, um, I should say, coming out of what you did, you know, the violent background, et cetera, and now you're doing this great film, um, Suicide Saint. Can you tell me what and why you decided to go that route? Was it something in your life? Was it? people that you've met, because suicide and really psychiatric and mental health are 
considered stigmas in any community. People don't like to talk yeah. about that. And uh, it's so important. Uh, we, we have almost a million people committing suicide. And it's very painful to know. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we lost two, two to, I don't know, around 300,000 people from coronavirus, right, in the last six months. Mm-hmm. And I've lost, I've lost family and friends um, to, to coronavirus. So I know it's, you know, there's nothing to play with. It's very serious regardless of how much people are polarized by the politics and their liberties and this and that. Like, you know, you definitely got to wear a mask and social distance. But um, comparatively, like, you know, to your point, 800,000 people commit suicide every year. Um, suicide rates have increased by 30% in the last two decades. You're not talking about like 1%, 2%, 5%, 30% in the last two decades. That's such a drastic increase. Um, suicide and self-injury cost the U.S. $69 billion annually. So this is a huge problem. And the more I started to do the research for the film, I spent all of last year um, traveling the country and going to different organizations and um, programs in, in the community um, to see how mental health impacted different aspects of society. So from going to methadone clinics in Baltimore and seeing how um, mental health impacts drug addiction uh, to an organization in Connecticut called the Jordan Porco Foundation, which we actually um, ended up partnering with. I was so inspired by their, their team and their staff and their and the founders. Um, they have a national fresh check day in over 250 colleges in 43 states across the country, so they're doing phenomenal work for uh, awareness around suicide prevention. Uh, in a way that, you know, they can really get the information across um, to the college students. Um, but, yeah, the more that I researched the subject matter, it started with just the name of the film when I was thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, and, and for some reason, the name can be Suicide Saints. It's a juxtaposition in itself of two completely different things that don't go together. And the more I researched it, I realized all the work that I've done in the last 20 years in, in different areas of, of social impact, whether it's, you know, gun violence prevention, which I was honored by Barack Obama as a champion of change, or whether it's uh, domestic violence or, you know, any, any issue that plagues us in society, I started to realize that mental health is the derivative of, of all those things. You know, and, and we go to high school and college and we're, we're taught math, science, and history, and we go to you know, learn stuff for our career field, but there, but there isn't enough education around how we regulate and control simple things like our own mood and our communication with other people, whether you're an introvert or, you know, it's, it, 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 for me, mental health isn't just about severe illness, right, which also has a worse stigma, and part of me doing this film is changing the narrative in Hollywood because they always take mental health and, and demonize it and criminalize it and they make them the villain when people with severe right. mental illness are actually 10 times more likely to be the victim and they only attract right. to 3% of violent crime. So the numbers are drastically different than the, than the stigma. But for me, my approach to mental health is the same way that we would, you know, talk about physical health and eating good and working out and whatever. Like, the more you exercise your mind in a positive way, even if you don't have schizophrenia or bipolar or whatever, this, you know, how you communicate with your wife or, or if you 
lose your temper while you're in traffic and you have road rage. Like, this is all how strong or, or, or how, um, you know, when, when you talk about building up your immune system to fight the coronavirus, like, you, you have to build your mental health and, and be a master of your own mind to be more successful in life. So I'm not just doing, like, some charity PSA for, for, for people to feel some, you know, touch of fire for other people who are really going through it. It's, if this is about addressing everybody and everything that we go through on a daily basis, no matter how big or small, because ultimately every thought or idea that comes out of your mind is, is influenced by the, the state and the level of your mental health and how you interact with other people. And if, if we paid more attention to that, we could heal a lot of other ills in society. Um, it, it directly affects racism. It directly affects the abuse of power. It directly affects, you know, some of these police officers. Maybe they were bullied when they were in school. Now they come out and they want to, you know, bully other people. Or maybe they were taught racism when they were younger. So mental health is a conversation that spans all of everything that, that we deal with. Um, so we're, we're looking to make alignments and and and, and marketing partnerships and efforts with other organizations to, to you know, kind of implement more, more strategies and solutions around this um, because it, as much as it is uh, a stigma um, and people don't get help, more than 60% of people don't get help for their issue, um, mm-hmm. when, when it is addressed, you know, the, the treatment is successful 80 to 90% of the time, whether it's prescription uh, or therapy or or what have you. But unfortunately, a lot of people go undiagnosed and don't realize they have um, severe issues a lot of times. Um, there's so many people don't realize many people, hide it. many people hide it because they're afraid yeah. they won't get this job, they won't be accepted by this group, the families condition them to oh, yeah. stop yeah, and it's amazing. People, people, are, people are embarrassed of their family members. If you acknowledge it, it's a sign of weakness, you know, if you go to a therapist, you're a punk, like whatever, you know, whatever the, the stereotypes and stigmas are, it's all negative. And, and the crazy thing about that is that we're creating a stigma to not help ourselves, to not better ourselves. So we, we've actually created this re- reality where it's not cool to get help, to make yourself a better person. And how, how backwards is that, right? Um, well, kind of, uh, you know, you're talking about what we're going through as a country right now with facing what we're going through with Corona, knowing yes. a bit of how we can help ourselves, but people are staring us in the face, but we're not looking to see how we can actually help ourselves. So it's almost the same thing when you look at what's going on right now. Um, and even with the news that we're bombarded with, um, that can get you down. I mean, it has to, 24-hour news cycles of uh, 90% negativity all the time. It's it's pretty heavy right now, and and we we, we pray for everybody that we all come through the situation, but you have to face what you're going through and and get the help you need, just as you would cancer, if you had cancer or or anything, you know, you go to, you know, get your treatment, but... The stigma has been around mental health for so long. Um, it's getting better, but we do have yeah. a ways to go. We, 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 we do, do. absolutely. 
and, um, and, and, and we're, ho- we're hoping with this film that we can push, you know, push that along a little bit. When will this film be released? So we're in, we're in pre-production now. We're, we're filming in October of this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, still kind of, you know, mitigating the, the production timelines on, on how a second wave might hit or if things could close back down or, you know, where we're at. But, you know, we have producers on our team who've, who've done the, the compliance and the training for the certification to um, follow the, the production guidelines under COVID-19. Um, but we're looking to film October, November between L.A. and next and Mexico and Newark. Perhaps more than half of the film is being shot in Newark. Um, and if we can't do Mexico, we're going to look at New Mexico. But uh, fourth quarter we're shooting. We'll have post-production finished by March of 2021. And we'll be submitting for the Cannes Film Festival at that time. And we're looking at a fourth quarter release, um, to, you know, for um, theatrical release to do uh, be considered for an Oscar. So um, we feel like this film has a high level of artistic value and something – and entirely new. It's, it's a visual therapy, it's an immersive um, kind of, uh, you know, exploration into in, in the the psychology of what these different characters are going through. The two characters are, are Vincent Cross, um, played by a Newark native who's also a uh, music artist who goes by an aviator. Um, mm-hmm. And the other character is Thomas Meadow, uh, played by Andrew Jacobs. Andrew was the star of Paranormal Activity, which is $91 million at the box office, but he has a um, pretty recognizable um, face in, in film. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot, of, a lot of interesting characters in the film and a couple of other people that will be making announcements um, shortly on social media. Awesome. I wanted to get back, though. You are a director, and you've done a lot of interesting assignments with some interesting and upcoming people, famous and upcoming. And, you know, to get to the level of being able to do directing BT or Bravo or uh, with P. Diddy and Russell Simmons and the different brands, um, you said that you had some experience under your belt. What are some things that you, um, when you started, you know, of course, now you know, what are some of the things, important things that you've learned that you apply to your life now? I'm sure that we all, when we, when we all go and work for important people, I've done it myself, um, the reality is a little different. But what are some things that you have learned over these years, uh, life lessons in working in this field? I, I think for me, I've, I've been, and I don't know if this was a conscious choice or awareness that I that I made, but for me, because I, I wasn't, you know, conditioned or, or, or um, programmed or, or brought up, if you will, by the industry, I had my, my mindset was completely outside of the the parameters of how things worked. Right, so I always had the audacity to do things differently. Um, and when I was in a position to work with whatever celebrity or icon, for me that, that, that wasn't important. What was always important was that I served the brand, that I served the creative. Um, so I, I kind of, um, whether that's, 
but that's whether that you know benefited me or not, you know, because sometimes if you don't follow the, the protocol of the politics, you don't you don't advance very much. But again, I was uh, impervious to that because um, I wasn't susceptible to to raising my 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 status by following that system. I had built myself independently of all that. Um, um, so for me, you know, like in, in some of the positions that I were in, I, I, I see that there is there is a, a, a culture of competition that's not a healthy competition. It's kind of a, you know, people throw each other under the bus and there's a, you know, the corporate world isn't, um, for me, I didn't stay very long. Um, just because there was a lot of things, uh, as, as much as I like the, the, um, you know, the, 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 the means of, of reaching a bigger audience in a much more immediate way, um, I wasn't favorable to, to the priority of the art, right? Uh, as a creative, even in advertising, uh, I'm, I'm a pure artist, uh, so even with Puff as an executive producer, running all the budgets, doing three million dollar commercials, like as good as I was at that, I'm I'm better at creative, and I, I realized um, or I learned, you know, your question was about what I learned through the process. I learned it. Um, for me, going back to my earlier statement, it's, it's you know, for me, everything's art over algorithms, um, and and that's that's another thing. Um, that I would I hope to change in, in Hollywood and entertainment is that there's more um, that there's more appreciation for art because I think we get so caught up in art being a commodity and being a business and you know studios and distributors look at it as a risk and an investment and they're concerned you know, a thousand percent with the profit, with the profit viability of something, you know, what meets their algorithms, who's attached, what alias is attached, what, you know, it's never focused on the, the creative merit of what what is the art in this project and how is it going to impact society. And when you go back to, you know, the Renaissance period when, you know, art was just commissioned by, you know, and, and art was made, you know, Simply for for the impact of of, of social good and, and and beauty, just the beauty of it to inspire society, right? Like, what? Why do we why do we have these jobs and why do we you know go through all this thing? It's, it's like to, to to have something that we can look at that's beautiful that, that we appreciate, right? Whatever whatever God creates that's, that's glorious in this world, is, you know, we're able to have a family and appreciate our family and our kids and but. You know, outside of work in this machine of always being profit driven, um, for me, I think art is that is that is that release and is that beauty that gives us balance for things that we can appreciate. So now, when you're working so hard in your career focus, and then when you switch gears and you're looking at the art, and the art is money driven as well, we're robbing ourselves of of that of that beauty and that inspiration. When every film in Hollywood and every music song on the radio and everything painting or whatever it's like all this stuff is all profit and driven by name value and recognition and hype and all this other bs that isn't the art it isn't you know it isn't the essence of what is something that's beautiful and inspiring um we get in a position where we are now right where rome is burning society is destroying itself we're, we're more polarized as a nation than 
we've ever been. Uh, we're so divided politically, socially, economically. Um, everybody is at war with each other. You know, we're, we're at a high, a high increase of, of sensitivity mm-hmm. about, about issues. Um, you know, out of that, some, some good is coming from the acknowledgement of a lot of oppression and abuse that's been unchecked for, you know, decades. Uh, but also, what do you think about all the uh, upheaval going on with, um, um, of course, George Floyd and then the aftermath? I mean, you know, you couldn't help but look at see what was going on, but the aftermath with the marches and the marches well, worldwide. Yeah, I, it, look, any time that you bring awareness to, to something is a beautiful thing, right? Because, you know, the, the, for me... You know, the whole point of creating content with social impact is to bring awareness for issues. So, um, you know, I'm a thousand percent supportive of uh, people being vocal about what's impacting their lives, especially if they're disproportionately affected and there isn't um, a realistic level of fairness, right? Um, I think what we need to be more conscious of is that in the process of looking for a solution, that we're not creating a further divide. Right. Um, because then what happens is, if we're not acknowledging somebody else for their hatred by hating them, then we're doing the same thing that they're doing to us. And mm-hmm. I think that hatred and racism is something that's taught. People aren't born with racism. Their parents were racist and something taught them that, or, you know, like, and then it just gets taught and taught and taught. So it's like, you have to break that cycle. And the only way you can break that cycle is love, compassion, education, and all these other things. Once you create a, a, um, a stance that you want to, you know, develop more, more tension and, and animosity, it doesn't get us anywhere. Um, you know, our needs start to get it recognized and addressed, but where, what's the solution? On the, on the other side of it. So I think we have to be very uh, vigilant in our efforts to continue to, to, to protest and bring awareness until these things stop. You were mentioning something about the culture of art and um, the uh, beauty of art in creating, and I just thought I'd ask you this, you know, because we both have seen artists over the years. And when they first break, there's something new and different. But what you were saying, I think, is spot on. Once other people get into the mix, that magic can be totally zapped. Do you think that that's why the majority of artists, their big time might be only two to four years? Uh, in terms of music artists, yeah, there's, you know, there's always that sophomore curse, right, um, I, I, but some some also just have just great talent and are able to you know, establish longevity. And, and once you start becoming defined, then you get the access to be working with the best, you know, in other areas. So you, you can kind of get propelled. But I think um, what really makes an artist um, dope is, is is the struggle, um, and that that's not a you know universal thing. There's a lot of artists who don't have any struggle who create beautiful stuff, but I think that for, for me at least personally, the artists that I really um, connect to, and maybe this is more for music and painters and, you know, and poets, 
um, and writers, but maybe not so much the cinema because there's there's a lot of his directors or, or directors that've done big films that I respect that didn't necessarily have you know, adverse backgrounds. Um, but at least for, for the stuff that I connect to musically, um, whether it's some old uh, jazz or or um, you know some old rhythm and blues, like like the, the real soulful stuff comes from. Um, and, and I think that goes to any genre, like even for, for people who appreciate country music when, you know, these country artists are talking about whatever, you know, their, their struggles were, it doesn't have to be financial, it could be emotional in terms of relationships or, um, you know, the, the struggle isn't just a financial struggle, right? Somebody could come from, um, you know, they could be well to do, but pain is relative. And that's the thing about, you know, mental health and suicide. It impacts everyone from the biggest celebrities, white, black, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, and then I, I think as artists, that, that struggle, not, not being, um, you know, from, from the environment of, of what you're raised or, or your financial needs, but that struggle could be an emotional struggle, sort of a heartbreak um, or a trauma, you know, so somebody's close to them passes or, or you know, they could lose somebody to cancer. Whatever, whatever the case is, I think people create their their best art from their lowest points because they they reflect more with um, something that's, that's more sincere in in our soul and something that, that resonates more with with other people. You know, connecting to something then and then that that they can. Um, and it doesn't have to be pain. It could also it could be at the other end of the spectrum. It could be joy. But I just think we, we there's more um, there's more texture to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I 100 percent agree. The movie that you're going to release is um, going to be released around an event with um, uh, National Mental Health Day. Can you talk a bit about that? Because that is so vital. Um, we need to actually get information when your movie's going to drop and when um, this event's going to be happening. Yeah, so um, we're, the, the event is actually happening this year while we're in production. So it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing that we've, we've, you know, created something that has so much, you know, artistic value and perceived impact before we even, you know, began filming that we we getting this, you know, major um, endorsement by the United Nations. So the UN is doing a Safer Cities 40-day uh, initiative uh, that begins September 21st and goes to October 31st. It starts on uh, International Day of Peace. Um, and over the 40 days, they're, they're highlighting one organization each day uh, from around the world um, that contributes to making safer cities and society in, in one way or another. And our film, Suicide Saint, has, has been or is um, the only movie in, in the world that was selected to be one of the days, which is their day 20 of the, of the 40, which falls on October 10th, which is, World Mental Health Day. So it's a, it's a huge honor and a privilege um, to have that acknowledgement, and that's going to take place while we're filming. Um, but we're, the film will be released next 
winter. Uh, I'm looking at 12, 22, 21 uh, as a release. That, that might get pushed up considerably, but um, that's around the uh, that's the time that I would like to for it to go out. Mm-hmm. You did a lot within your career, and I, I know you started out. Uh, you know, wanting to do film, and then, of course, you've, you've done uh, a commercial spots as well as work with great many people. What do you see for your future, and can you give us a little peek into um, where you see yourself going? Yeah, I, I, well, I'm, I'm, not as, um, I'm not as focused on, on where my career is going um, or, or my future. Uh, I guess I've gotten to the point where I don't, I don't think about my, my future anymore, and it actually feels weird to say now, but uh, I've been blessed to have a very um, successful career and have a lot of acclaim and, and recognition in different areas. Um, but I feel like it's, it's as much as it's never been about me before, and even though now I'm uh, you know, finally on a, a personal journey of allowing you know, branding to happen around me as a director because before I've always just elevated other people and been behind the scenes. Um, but now as a director, I understand that um, there has to be an interest into who, you know, who's creating these properties to um, to elevate the, the message and the art. But for me, uh, my only concern is, is my next film. Um, you know, I'm a thousand percent focused on Suicide Saint. Um, I feel like everything I've done for the last 20 years in different areas is all accumulating to, to my, my sensibilities and so many um, different um, experiences in life are all contributing to this film because it's such a intellectual and, and, and mentally, emotionally intensive um, experience. And, I, and I've had a lot. You know, from, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like this is going to be my masterpiece. Um, so I don't, I don't think about anything after that. I'm just, you know, looking to make this next movie. In your doing these movies, you know, I, I know you say that you're not really thinking. Is that part of the magic? You are just not necessarily flying by the seat of your pants. But um, art is created by inspiration, really, you know? We don't know what we're going to be inspired by. We don't know how that's going to to happen. It just happens. So, basically, you're an artist artist, right? Absolutely. And and don't get me wrong. It's it's not that I don't um, have it. You know, it's still laid out. (laughs) Like, next year I'm doing... A film on Hector Camacho, and I have, you know, there's, there's, a, you know, after that, I have, I have like my next three films after that that, that are, are, are in the queue. Um, but for me, it's, it's, you know, the, the, you know, when you ask the question of where I want to be or where do I see myself in, in the future, um, I don't, I, I think that just becomes a distraction to my, my thought process and, and, as opposed to when I was younger, and you know, even getting into this, it was never about the aspiration to want to do this. It just kind of happened um, 
you know, divinely. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I, I just don't, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to put the right words, but I just, I, I, you know, for me, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on, on, on creating this is something amazing, and then with that, I balance, you know, my time with my family, raising a, a beautiful little girl who's three and a, and a boy who's two and a, and a third baby on the way, so I'm just, um, I couldn't be in that. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of got to that late in life. So, um, a, a lot of my friends had had mm-hmm. uh, several children in their in their teens, and you know, so I definitely outgrew certain uh, phases of of, uh, of having kids. Uh, so, so career focused, but now it's just, um, you know, to your point, just maybe not by the seat of my pants, but just much more. Um, Carefree and going with the flow, you know, wherever, wherever my, my, um, whatever blessings come, you know, I'll take it for whatever, whatever it is. I want to ask this one last question because you mentioned something in this interview and you said that, um, the, the spirit of what the world is going through, the spirit of, um, the marches in the street, the spirit of even social media. Do you think, honestly and spiritually, that we can get back to a place where we're more encouraging? Because you said that you wanted to transform the narrative of art for good. Do you think that we'll ever get back to or get to a place where we are... are, are choosing better words. We're, we're agreeing to disagree with those that don't have our same point of view. Um, do you see that we could get to that place? Um, absolutely. You know, and, and if I didn't, you know, like, you probably would have given up already, right? Because things, if you, if you feed into the, the mentality of how bad and negative things look, then you never... You know, you could never climb out of that. But then you also see these, these glimmers of hope and, and, and light and, and even how the next, um, generation is just, just changing and trying to do better than us. Um, even without, you know, us giving some kind of inspiration or direction for it, but just out of pure need to survive and do things differently, recognizing how much is, is wrong and bad. Um, but you know, even just seeing them process, we have certain protesters um, as much as they're, um, you know, protesting against police brutality, some, some officers getting kind of split off from their crew and there's protesters, young protesters stepping in to protect them, you know, mm-hmm. if there is a, a mob mentality around that. Or other people seeing people breaking in, into stores and, you know, now we're finding out there's hired agents and provocateurs, but you have the protesters saying, no, that's not how we're doing this. This is not our message. Like, don't take nothing, don't steal nothing, don't break nothing. Um, so I do see, um, you know, more more accountability, more positivity, a lot of that trying to um, bleed through all the negative. Um, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, with Suicide Saint, if, if we make a, a commercial impact, which is the only, you know, indicating factors that these people, 
you know, any any um, significance on something like how well it does. But if we can make mm-hmm. a, a commercial impact, but while that's not my objective, but if that happens, it opens the door for other films like this. And, um, you know, hopefully the more art that people can create from a, a genuine uh, perspective can inspire others and we create this wave of, of changing that narrative. Um, and, and create art in other spaces and industries and, and places around the world. I, I, I mean, I, I think as, as humans, and, you know, it's part of our instinct that, that we want to live um, good, peaceful lives, right? You know, hate, right. racism, and all this division is, is things that are taught and usually implemented for um, some, some profit or agenda around greed. Mm-hmm. I agree. It can be, you know, I don't think all of it, but I think it, it can be. And uh, you would know more so than I. <laughs> you would definitely know. Uh, how can we be in touch with your work and your websites and uh, social media? Sure. Uh, my website is HeyFoosR.com. It's spelled a little differently. It's H-E-Z-U-E-S-R.com. And that same spelling is all my social media. So Instagram at uh, slash HeyFoosR, Facebook slash HeyFoosR, YouTube. You know, um, and I'm, I'm very um, – I try to be uh, – um, Open a communication on, on Instagram. If somebody messages me and they, you know, they're looking for a job in production or, you know, whatever it is, I always try to, when people reach out, I always um, try to make a point to respond or, or connect them or help them out. Um, but yeah, if any, anybody who wants to follow and support the film, um, there'll be a link for my main social. You know, we're also starting to launch the, um, uh, IP for for the film, which will be Suicide Saint or Suicide Saint movie um, on some of these platforms. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. This has been a fun learning about you and what you're doing. And we look forward not only to the movie, but, uh, you know, many of your other works that are going to come for us in the future. Oh, thank you, Sabrina. You, you are an absolute pleasure to speak with, and thank you for using your platform to shine the light on something that uh, we're, we're hoping to help uh, save the world. Thank you. All right. Bye. Take care.